So obviously want to talk about the show, look in the rear view mirror a little bit and uh, uh, look ahead as well. But uh, dude, I got to start with a belated happy birthday. And I'm kind of curious, man, what'd you do for your birthday? Do you do anything for yourself for your birthday? Do you get yourself a present, steak dinner? Talk to me. You know, no, I, I spent most of the day in the kitchen, man. I, uh, I love to cook. So I made a, um, a vegetarian bolognese. Uh, pasta bolognese and uh, had some friends come over and we had a nice dinner and that was about it. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's like what you do when you're 51. So, <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it, some people just ignore it after a certain age. So at least you're still celebratory about it. Yeah. You know what? I actually handed down my birthday to uh, my nephew who was born on my birthday. Of course it was 40 years uh, apart, <laughs> but uh but uh, now he has the birthday, and I just kind of celebrate him. Last birthday question, man. I'm kind of curious, too, because being so close to Christmas, my birthday is like a week from Halloween, and I hate it because it, it I always feel like the holiday overshadows the birthday. Was it like that for you growing up, or did your parents make sure to give you like a birthday party and a, a Christmas? Yeah, they totally always made a point of trying to separate them as much as they possibly could. Um, yeah, I'd always get more presents than everybody else though, because there'd be like a few more presents for birthday presents for me. So, uh, I always had a bigger stack. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And dude, the last time I saw you was at the bowl for Ronnie charity event. How did you bowl? Who did you bowl with? I bowled, I bowled with Richie Cotton and my wife, uh, Abby and, um, uh, and, uh, who else was with us? Um, Ricky Warwick was with us. So. I bowled like crap, but, uh, you know, I'm always working on the curve, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's hit or miss for me on that. Yeah, it's either a good game or a bad game, you know, right off the bat, right? Exactly. Well, dude, I'm looking forward to the show we got coming up here uh, Friday, January the 13th at the Coach House. Now, this is going to be an electric show, right? I know you have an acoustic show book, but this is going to be electric. No, this is going to be acoustic as well. It's ah. going to be me and and uh, my buddy Jason Womack, who's played with me for years. And the two of us are going to come in and have a nice acoustic evening, tell some stories, play some fuel songs. We'll play uh, some songs from uh, other artists that I have uh, grew up listening to and loving. And yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah, that's why I was kind of curious about the the set list and so doing a storytellers kind of thing. And also kind of thinking, too, with the... 20th anniversary of Natural Selection. Do you lean on that album a little bit more this time around? Uh, I'll play a little bit from it, but, you know, we're, we'll play some of the hits from Fuel, from Sunburn, something like Humid, even Natural Selection, and as well as uh, the Puppet Strings record that I put out a few years ago. So, and then we're going to play some, some artists that uh, I've always loved listening to and were very um, impressionable on me, you know, uh, the from the Beatles to Elvis to a bunch of different stuff. So Awesome. Looking forward to that and, and kind of curious, man. I, I was thinking that's a show going on in Orange County. We're an Inland Empire radio station and trying to think back about back in the day and fuel playing in the Inland Empire. And I seem to remember, and I could be crazy, maybe it was a one-off or maybe it was a full tour, but I remember uh, Fuel and Nickelback. Uh, okay at a club called Gotham in San Bernardino, like 2000, 2001. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, they were opening up for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Talk about that tour. Any memories from that? Not really, man. It's all a blur. <laughs> you know, at that time, too, the band was kind of 
changing, you know, and we weren't hanging around each other so much. We were, we were kind of avoiding each other a little more at that point. So it was the beginning of the end, really. So there was a, probably a lot of bad memories in there that, uh, that I've suppressed over the years. So. That's what I was afraid of, and probably the same thing with natural selection, too. I wanted to dig in that being the 20th anniversary, but that was kind of the, the third in the trilogy. Although I talked to Michael Beinhorn a few years ago, and he said he loved it. You know, Beinhorn, we had we had the top brass uh, working on that record, from Michael Beinhorn to Andy Wallace mixed it, you know, and we had Frank Filippetti and Nate Kunkel Engineering, which are Grammy Award-winning engineers. So, yeah, the record came out great. I mean, it sounds amazing, so... I love that. And speaking of records, wanted to touch upon the uh, the Melody Brothers, a kind of a pandemic inspired band. Melody Brothers, actually, yeah, we were we got together about six years ago and wrote three songs, and it was the first time I'd ever met our partner Billy Billy Harvey, and we wrote three songs and had a blast doing it, and it came so easily. And then we all got distracted on other projects and didn't get to writing anything else. And then the pandemic happened. And we were all kind of like, well, what do we do now? So uh, I called up Billy and, and our other partner, Eddie Wall, and I was like, you guys want to finish what we started? So they were like, absolutely. So, and, so Billy's in Nashville, so we were writing songs and with him on FaceTime. And uh, he would play a riff, and we'd go record that. So he'd record it, and then he'd send it to us, and we'd throw it in a session, and we'd start layering it that way. And it was a lot of fun to to make. You know, it's never let someone tell tell you that you all have to be in a room to write a song. You can do it from anywhere. So, and we we wrote like we've got like 18 songs done now. So, we're we're putting the first single out next year and looking forward to it. Wow, yeah, and I was going to touch upon that. Like I've talked to some bands, you know, especially over the past couple of years who have done those written albums over Zoom. Is that something that you would do again or would you prefer to be in the room? Well, that's what we're going to continue to do with Melody Brothers, at least for now, because huh? Billy's still in Nashville. But, um, you know, we'll be seeing each other a lot more next year. So I'm sure a lot of songs will get written in the room together um, come next year. So, yeah. And is that the plan moving forward to do Melody Brothers? Are you going to take that out on the road or stick with the solo show for now? Yeah, we're going to do shows next year. We've got to... Uh, we're releasing it on a label called Golden Robot Records, and uh, we'll start. We'll be doing shows next year from through Australia, here in the states, uh, Europe as well. So, um, yeah, we're planning to really hit the pavement on it. Awesome! Looking forward to that, and we'll, we'll give the this world's on fire a spin as well. And uh, <laughs> speaking of, uh, of projects, I wanted to touch upon too, and I was hoping maybe it would get reignited. Was the uh, World Fire Brigade with Sean Danielson? Oh yeah, that man. That record was another one of those just really easy to to write records. You know, Sean's great, and you know, and, and there was a, and also for me that was like a little more closer to writing a metal record for me. You know, and I yeah. wish I'd never done. It. Feels feels not a metal band. You know, World Fire Brigade had metal uh, tendencies in it. You know, in the songwriting, and uh, so that was really fun for me. What what is your yeah definitely more of a rock background but what is your metal influence who's who's your metal band for you? Oh man, you know you you can't go wrong with you know Sabbath and Dio and um uh you know uh, Ozzy of course with Sabbath and but uh, you know I, I love 
all kinds of music and I grew up listening to everything from from Judas Priest to Kiss to Elvis to to Hank Williams Jr. You know, so you know I'm just all over the place. So which is why you actually see in the uh, the music that I've done between Fuel and and then doing the World Fire Brigade record and now with Melody Brothers it's more country and blues and, um, and rock based. So you can kind of see it in the, in the albums that I've done. I was also in a band called The X's that was a New York punk rock band. So we're, I, I like being diverse like that. Wow. Yeah. You've hit every format, rock, punk rock, metal, country. Totally. You know, I don't, I think that for us as artists, we're not supposed to stay in, in their lane. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to branch out and be completely different as much as you can possibly be. So that's what I always try to do. Just have fun and be different. Yeah, and keep keep us as fans on our toes. I love it, man. I know, man. One other, uh, one old thing, and then one other question I got for you. Looking back on the fuel time and and uh, the first album, Sunburn, love the entire album. Definitely my my favorite of of your catalog. And kind of intrigued with the opening track being untitled. Was that a song that never got a title to, and you just left it as untitled, or was it purposely untitled? Because I always thought it was interesting <laughs> to open track one untitled like wait they couldn't think of a name for that or was it specifically that's, always supposed to be called untitled it's a, that's exactly what it was it was a what's the name of this song and we were like i don't know we'd just been calling it untitled uh during the uh, when we were recording demos and things like that for the songs and it just kind of stuck we all just kind of went eh, it sounds like an untitled song anyhow so let's just call it untitled <laughs> that's funny i mean did you have any thought to that because that used to be a big thing more so back in the day is you know sequencing an album and it's a great opening song but did you give any thought to that that it might look a little weird as like no name for the first song basically not really i mean we just thought okay that's what it is that that's that, that it became the name so just consider it being named untitled <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. And the last thing I got for you, we're one of those uh, old school stations and getting back to that metal influence. We do uh, mandatory Metallica every night at 10 p.m., which you're going to be a part of. And kind of curious, Metallica, not one of those bands you touched upon earlier, but I imagine a fan of that band. And if he had to for charity or something, what what do you think you would cover? What would suit your voice? From Metallica? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe nothing else matters. That would be a lot of fun to, to do. Love that song. You know, that that Black Album just period is perfect from top to bottom. But, you know, I'm also, I grew up listening to Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets, too. You know, me and my buddy are I'm down the street. We sit there working on, you know, the, the solos to, to Master of Puppets for hours, you know, like so many other kids have. So. Um, but I think, yeah, if I was going to do a Metallica tune, nothing else matters for sure. And and let me ask you, man, being an old school fan like that, were you a little bit like what the, when they first came out with the black album, cause it was such a departure from master of puppets and Injustice like thrash albums and then going in more of a rock mode with, with the black album. It was a friggin' huge, incredible Bob rock. Absolutely knocked it out of the park with those guys, you know? So it was just a beautiful uh, combination there. And that record just, uh, it changed a lot. It really did. It, it changed the scope of uh, of metal. And a lot of people became metal fans that weren't usually, weren't normally metal fans, you know? So they just really 
they nailed it. And they kept their integrity too. They didn't become like, they didn't look like sellouts, you know, by trying to write some kind of fluff. You know, they stayed heavy and true to it. It's amazing. That album is 30 years old now. Oh my God. I know. And it's still, <laughs> kids are still learning about it. You know, like with Stranger Things, that one, you know, yeah. the, that was Master of Puppets, of course, but, uh, but Stranger, the Stranger Things just, completely relaunched Metallica to a whole new generation that hadn't, that, that hadn't discovered them yet. Crazy, crazy how that band just <laughs> continues on and what they're doing this summer, doing two nights in every town, no repeat weekend with two different opening bands each night. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. They've become the metal version of the Beatles. Yeah, the Kings, absolutely. The G, the G, you know, it's constant new generations constantly finding you and going, oh my God, this is timeless, you know? Thank you. Safe travels and happy holidays. Yeah, same to you. Bye. Thanks, bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.